Well, hey, friends, welcome to The Collective Podcast, where we strive to highlight ordinary women living extraordinary lives of faithfulness. And we want to unite, inspire, equip, and unleash God's women to be all that they can be in light of what God's done for us. We are so glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome, friends, to The Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Callie Nixon, and joining me today is my stunning co-host, Chelsea Shea. How are you, babe? I'm doing so good today. I'm glad you're here. Ladies, we've got a really important episode today. Today, we're going to talk about something that I think is not discussed enough in Christian or secular circles, and it's nuanced. And what I love about that is there's a complexity to this and a beauty to this that makes it really, really worth discussing. We are going to talk about codependent friendship. And this is something that we've seen more and more through um, women especially and kind of the emotional connections we have with people, uh, the dependent nature we have on others as humans that is in fact healthy and where that can go to a place that is unhealthy. And frankly, for me, it's something I wish I knew a lot more about when I was in my formative and college years. So I'm really excited about today. Yes. And joining us today is Lauren. Lauren, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and how you spend your time. Hi, guys. Uh, my name is Lauren, and I am from the Dallas area and grew up here, and I am currently a part of the Watermark Institute. Shout out. And uh, going through that, and I am uh, helping out at the Frisco campus and with young adults. And um, yep, family's here, uh, two brothers and a nephew and another on the way. And in my free time, I love to be outside, uh, go hiking. Um, I love new coffee shops and Ooh. just getting to go explore around Dallas. I love coffee, too. I have a small conviction that I may be becoming a coffee addict, but that's for another podcast, guys. <laughs> so, um, but Lauren, we'd love to jump right in. Would you tell us your story? And how you found yourself battling codependency? I grew up going to church with my family, and uh, I knew that I was saved and that I was going to spend eternity with Jesus because I asked Him into my heart. But I did not know that being a believer meant having a relationship with Christ. And so I really struggled with anxiety and fear. And so that just really led me to search and cling to anyone that or anything that I thought would give me comfort. And first it was alcohol, and then it quickly became people. And so I desperately wanted to be liked and to be loved. And so I found my identity uh, in a friend who took interest in my life and she gave me worth and value and made me feel important. And so that just developed an emotional connection between the two of us, which turned into just a codependent friendship. I didn't know how to be well without her. Mm. And that turned to a physical relationship. Uh, and so um, friendships just have been hard for me. And growing up, uh, never really understood what the meaning of friendship truly was. And so just um, throughout um, high school, college, uh, was looking for my worth and my value in people. And although that friendship uh, came to an end because I knew I was living in a way that was outside of God's design for me, um, I uh, still struggled to find my worth and value in other people. So moving on into college, um, got involved in the party scene and had a lot of friends, but would not say that they uh, were people who loved me or cared for my heart. Um, and so 
I finally um, just came to a breaking place in college where I knew that I needed help and I needed to start uh, really walking with Jesus and taking my relationship with him seriously. So I uh, fully surrendered my life to him in college and since then have just become more and more aware of what um, the sin struggle of codependency has looked like in my life. Um, And so I have seen it even after now falling hard after the Lord, that that can still be a place of temptation for me. So a friend in my community group uh, through Watermark has, and I have struggled with this uh, and not in a physical sense, but truly in an emotional sense. Mm-hmm. Like she has become, or she had become uh, the person whose attention and approval I was seeking and needed to feel uh, valuable. Yes. So... Lauren, that is so good, and it's so beautiful because you're drawing these really good distinctive lines between something that is a provision from God. We are There are so many scriptures that include the word one another, like care for one another, bear one another's burdens, honor one another, like fulfill the law of Christ, that that is, that is a gift that we've been given and that in our flesh we can distort the gift. And that's the same with like my struggles of lust and really with anybody's struggles, we have a fine line where that gift becomes something that can own us or can we can use for evil instead of good. And so before we move too much farther down the road, we're talking a lot about codependency that might not be familiar to some people. And so we kind of want to define what it is and what it's not. And just from the dictionary definition of codependence is an excessive dependence on the needs of or almost control by another. And so take that a few more clicks and kind of tell us, because I think some people um, move down the road of codependency to same-sex attraction. Most of my friends that I now look back on from college and go, man, they were only okay if their best friend was okay. And their view of Jesus, if they had, if their best friend at that moment was walking with Christ, then their view of Jesus was good. But if their best friend at that moment was struggling with Christ or not a believer, then their view of Jesus. And so I look back and I'm like, I wish I'd had this verbiage to be able to talk about it because it's so easy to follow that road into same-sex attraction, but it's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how God can come in and shine a light on this specific struggle. So will you define it a little more for us? Yeah, totally. I would say codependency is when we cross the threshold uh, from brotherly affection, uh, like it talks about all throughout Scripture, uh, to worship distortion. So we were called to worship God and worship Him alone. Um, and so when we are looking to someone else to be our Savior and denying that uh, Jesus Christ is the only Savior who uh, can fully satisfy us and give us worth and value, you, um, we are asking someone other than the Lord to be our everything and to make us okay. So um, we are so quick to worship a human over the creator of that human, mm. um, and we uh, lack understanding of who God truly is. So it's an identity crisis. We yeah. don't know who wow. we are, and we don't know where our true security is found. That's so good. Wow. I'm sort of left speechless. I'm That's fantastically explained, and I appreciate you educating us. Something I keep thinking through is in that, and you you just kind of touched on it, but I'd love for you to explain a little bit more personally for you. When you came through those experiences in high school and then, you know, later on in life, in college, and then, you know, post-Jesus, what voids were you trying to fill? I would say 
the root of it was loneliness. A lot of just feeling isolated, feeling alone, feeling like no one understood me, no one really cares about me. And because I didn't have a secure relationship with the Lord for so many years, I was desperate to feel loved. And I felt loved by my parents, but it just was different. And we, were, I was craving that emotional intimacy with someone. Um, and so my um, understanding of who Christ was was not steady. And so I was tempted to look to um, someone else to fill that void. Um, and so I was also just craving an emotional connection, mm-hmm. um, someone to... Um, really fill me and give me worth and value. And again, like to crave emotional connection is not wrong, but I love that word, the words worship distortion, because when it moves to an idol is anything we place above Christ. And so when it moves into that land of, hey, what what do I love more or what do I need more? I think that's so good. So, So as you felt yourself, you know, you started to kind of recognize, hey, I'm putting these pieces together. I think I'm trying to fill voids in these certain ways. What'd you do? Like, was there was there a specific turning point where you're like, here's the issue, I'm running for it? Or was it more kind of a slow fade into walking more in righteousness? Yeah. So I would say um, as far as uh, a friendship in high school where I was not walking with Jesus, it fell into a physical relationship. Um, I knew that that was not what God had for me. And so it was more of the turning from that uh, and knowing that I was walking in sin. Um, but I wasn't turning to Jesus. I was just turning to, okay, I'm going to stop doing this because right. I know it's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know how to walk with the Lord because no one in my life was pointing me towards Him. Um, and so kind of just um, shifted from even th- letting myself think about that anymore. And so didn't address the issue again until college when I really surrendered my life to the Lord was like, oh, this also means I have to fully confess the way that I've been walking and running from the Lord. And so um, I would say since then, um, I had never heard the word codependency until um, after college and when I had met a friend who also struggled with the same thing. Um, And so then I started looking back at my friendship in high school and then just friendships that I had throughout college and then specifically the one in community and was like, this is not healthy. Um, I am looking to someone to to be my functional savior, um, someone that I belong to, someone to rescue me. And um, so I was terrified of the pattern repeating itself. And although it wasn't a, oh, I'm connecting to you because I'm physically attracted to you. It was genuinely, I was, I had seen how my heart had become latched onto theirs and that I needed Christ to, or I needed them, uh, in order to be okay. So, um, definitely justified the relationship, especially this one with community. Cause it's like, Oh, she's another believer. She loves the right. Lord. Um, we're encouraging one another. We're in community together and just continue to justify it, but knew my heart was not in a healthy spot. And in group settings, I only wanted to be around her. And, uh, so I really, ad- noticed the issue, identified it, and sought counsel. So I saw a biblical counselor for a couple of months just to talk through, I don't ever want to fall back into what I walked in through high school because it led to a lot of pain and a lot of suffering, and I knew it was outside of God's design for me. And so she really helped me 
dig deep to the root issue um, of idolatry and that I'm looking to other people uh, to be my savior. So I also went through region, uh, regeneration, watermarks, recovery ministry uh, this past year. And really is that's kind of where I dug into the word codependency and how that has played out in my life and really healed a ton from not only my past, but my current struggle with looking to others instead of the Lord. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. I'm thinking for a listener who's hearing you speak and going, man, I'm on the fringe of this. This is a new word for me. This is a new idea. But what she's saying kind of sounds like some of my relationships. How can uh, you encourage them? How can I notice if I'm that listener that I'm developing a codependent relationship in my own life? Um, These are some questions that I had wished someone maybe would have asked me as I'm walking through these things or just brought to my attention of First of all, the purpose of friendship is to serve one another, to care for one another. And so when we make it about ourselves, that is not what God had intended. And so some of the questions that I have thought through and and I noticed were big warning signs for me um, were, do you want to spend all of your time with this person? Do you feel uneasy if there's there's days that you know you won't see them? Uh, Do you experience jealousy when your friend spends time with other people and not you? Do you prefer alone time with your friend? So making plans to just get one-on-one time with them outside of a group setting. And then have you lost interest in other friendship? And has this person become your only focus, the one that you uh, really care about and the one friendship that you're investing the most of your time in, kind of neglecting the other friendships around you? I would say those are some of the big warning signs that I started to notice and started to feel and be like, I think this is unhealthy because this is only true of this one friendship. Right. What I love about those questions, Lauren, is that whether you're a believer in Jesus or not, and we want this podcast to be for everyone. If someone's a believer in Jesus, you've got an anchor to like, man, I know that Psalm 1611 is true. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, God, is the fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. But even if I'm not a believer, I think we would start to see that the cycle of those relationships leaves something wanting and that there's something ultimately that's not fulfilled that we know is in God, but even it's just not going to be healthy for your life as you're trying to walk through it. And so how would you, Lauren, encourage someone who's currently kind of identified it and is walking through the struggle and is maybe not experiencing victory? And then also as kind of a second question, how would you encourage a friend who's walking alongside somebody who's struggling? Because we can say things that are not helpful sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, so how would you counsel that person walking through it and their friend. Something I would say just to be mindful of, a lot of times I think just as believers, so speaking to the believers, uh, we can be quick to say, stop doing this. Stop um, hanging out with that person. Stop drinking if it's leading you to drunkenness. Stop just focused on the behavior so much that we're not addressing the heart issue. So I think that that is something that I really wish someone would have um, helped me with when I was walking through this because what I did was with this friend in community, what scripture, a lot of scripture says, flee temptation, flee sexual morality, flee, run away almost as a way of turning from what you're uh, running towards and turning to God, which is great and is biblical. But I think with this um, 
specifically for me, um, what I did was cut off the friendship. I cut it off completely and was like, I can't talk to you, can't be your friend. Hmm. Well, she's in community with me and someone I love. And so that's not really practical, but uh, my community was just trying to help me put in boundaries in place to help protect uh, our friendship. And so I was tempted to run and glad I didn't. But anyway, so whenever her and I kind of started introducing time back together, because the goal always is restoration and reconciliation. Amen. And so um, what I noticed was the moment we added time back in, I just fell back into the dependency on her because I had never addressed my heart issue. I just removed the trigger. So I would say focusing on, okay, I'm noticing this friendship is not healthy. So probably time with them needs to look different, but I'm going to do the heart work behind it to um, really work on what uh, the Lord is doing in and through my heart and why this is the way that I am um, running from the Lord and what I'm running towards. Dang, I mean, Gina. mic drop. That's I just good. Whatever your struggle is, this is a word for you. This is a word for me. I'm yeah. ser- listening to you say that yeah. provides conviction in the most appropriate way to say, hey, yes, fleeing is from the Lord. He asks us, he demands us to do that. But you have to take the steps towards addressing the heart work or you're right. going to cycle back to that same issue. That is phenomenal. What other Bible verses and um, encouragement would you give to somebody? I would say... Um, as you're in this season of maybe you're noticing a friendship is unhealthy or you are kind of looking back at your looking into your friendships and wondering, like, are these the way that God would have them? I would um, really focus on knowing and living out the truth of where your identity is found. So um, a couple of scriptures I go to to remind myself of who God says I am and how he gives me worth and value um, is remembering that I am a child of God. So John 1, 12 tells us, uh, yet to all who did receive him, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So as believers, we are God's children. And then we are also God's masterpiece. So Ephesians 2, 10 tells us that we are God's workmanship, which also means masterpiece. Uh, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So I think remembering these two um, factors that define our identity will help us to rest in security of who God says we are, knowing that we are his child and his masterpiece, someone he looks at uh, with infinite worth and value, uh, will help us to uh, run to him for security instead of to other people. I love it. When you were talking earlier about hey, I was just removing the trigger. I wasn't doing the heart work. It made me think of in Matthew 12, where Jesus is talking about the unclean spirit that you kick out of the house and you've all cleaned it up. And when you're done, he brings seven more evil spirits. And then they're just in a worse place than they were to begin with. Mm -hmm. But what I always love about kind of the, the moral of that story that I see Jesus is teaching us is we can't just kick something out. We have to fully replace it with something new. And that's what I see you doing by renewing your mind with scripture and by filling your heart with, hey, I I am not going to um, just destroy myself when I start to have these thoughts. But when I do, I'm going to remember that I'm God's masterpiece and I'm made for more and that at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And that's the work that we get to do as believers. And I think I have to confess that sometimes I grow weary from the hard work 
And I used to think it was real holy just because I was like, oh my gosh, I like dwell on heaven all the time. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm kind of like, oh, it's because I crave ease, Mm. you know? And, And this is a battle and it's okay that it's a battle and it will be until the day we die. And so I love how you approach it like that. I think, too, something to remember is that we were created uh, to worship. And so if we are always worshiping something, and so God intends for us to worship Him alone. But I noticed as I was worshiping people and removing that friendship that I was worshiping, uh, I wasn't running to the Lord and worshiping Him. So it was just left this void of, okay, now who am I looking to to worship? What am I looking to to worship? I think it's important to realize that we're not just removing a behavior um, and removing something in our life that we know is causing us to stumble, which is great. But also, what are you running towards? Because we see throughout Colossians 3, it tells us like, to set your mind on the things of eternity and to flee from the things uh, of the world uh, and to run towards um, the things of eternity. So what are we doing to turn away, but also what are we running to? So that leads me into my last question. Characterize your life today. Where are you today as you've walked through what you've walked through, as you've battled what you battled, where are you now? As I have really... Um, worked through a lot of this. I think the Lord has um, kindly uh, just brought to my attention that this is an area that I probably will constantly battle uh, just to surrender over to Him. I think I had to redefine what friendship meant. Um, And if just you're looking in 1 Corinthians 13 of the definition of love and knowing that love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not arrogant, it's not rude, it does not insist on its own way, it is not resentful. So thinking through how many of my friendships am I truly loving the person and not uh, seeking their um, value and worth for myself or for my own gain. Uh, So really just started Um, having a new perspective of friendships going forward. How can I love them and serve them? And then I think now I am just um, overwhelmed by God's goodness and His kindness in my life that uh, Psalm 42 is is true, that He drew me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and He set my feet on a rock, and He made my steps secure. So I'm living in light of all that God has done for me, which makes me not only want to um, really abandon and run from sin, but also run towards Him and embrace the identity that He has given me in Christ. So now I am quick to identify uh, warning signs that are coming my way and just know that um, that that's how the enemy wants to get at me and that I need to be on alert and that I never want to fall um, back into a place where people are uh, more valuable or important to me than the Lord. Yeah. What I hear you saying that I think just is so applicable is that regardless of your struggle, you can't just run away from bad behavior. You have to run towards the God who loves you and who wants good things for you. And then what I also hear you saying is you're not you're not like over this. This is going to be a battle. It's going to keep going, right? Um, you're not perfectly penned up, but you have the tools in your tool belt because you turn towards the Lord and let Him inform your life. And I'm so encouraged by you. The heart of this podcast is to highlight ordinary women living extraordinary lives of faithfulness. And sometimes the extraordinary happens in the everyday. And the daily fight to renew our mind in Christ Jesus and see ourselves the way our Creator sees us. Lauren, you've done that so well. I am Mm -hmm. deeply encouraged by 
your honesty and your faithfulness. Thank you so, so much for sharing your heart (laughs) and your history with us today. If you want more information on what codependent friendships look like and how to look at friendships through a biblical lens, there's a book, When People Are Big and God is Small by Ed Welch, and it is a great resource, as well as many different articles on DesiringGod.com. Pretty sure both of those are going to be really helpful if this is something that's pinging your heart today. If you're in Dallas and you want to find healing from your hurts, habits, and hangups, join us every single Monday night at our Regeneration Recovery Ministry or regenerationrecovery.org to find a location near you because they're not just in Dallas. Right. So they're like shout in out. 300 cities across the country. We yeah. just launched find one at one. Watermark Frisco. Yeah. Monday Ooh-hoo. night. Find you one. Mm-hmm. Find you one. Well, ladies, that is all we have time for today. And dang, was it awesome. Yes. Oh, yes. If you want to learn more about The Collective, you can visit our website, watermark.org slash collective. And girls, follow us on Insta at watermark (laughs) underscore collective. Insta. Insta. (laughs) Be sure to share this episode with someone who needs to hear it today. And if you have somebody in your heart and mind that you think, man, I need to encourage them, maybe take a beat, re-listen to it yourself before you share it and learn how to approach them with grace. Mm. If you have any questions about this episode or prayers, please email us at collective at watermark.org. We'll see you next time on The Collective Podcast. 